Hello and welcome to the Relational Parents Podcast, where we get off autopilot and give thoughtful attention to how we interact with our children and relate to ourselves so that you can show up in your family as the best version of yourself with a lot more joy and ease. I'm your host, Teresa Puckett, and I'm thrilled you've joined us today. Hello, in today's episode, we're talking about a variety of ways that we convince or we try to convince our kids to do things the quote, right way. Uh, And what I mean when I say the right way is our way, of course, the way that we want them to do something. We're gonna do a little deep dive on praise. We're gonna do a deep dive on punishment. And these um, these audios are pulled from some other things that I've done. So I'm looking forward to sharing those with you. And then I'll come back to wrap it up at the end. Hello, I thought I would pop in today and say a word about praise. Praise versus encouragement in particular. Now we know that Positive Discipline does a deep dive on encouragement. In fact, encouragement is sort of at the heart of all of the Positive Discipline tools and in fact, the whole approach and philosophy. But what I get asked often is, you know, really is is praise so bad? Is it really bad? And is it is it really different? How is it really different than encouragement? And I know I've talked a little bit about this before, but I'd like to shine a, a spotlight here. And really the, the spotlight from a praise versus encouragement perspective is that praise focuses on the external, shines the light on the external for the child. Um, Oh, it's so great that you got an A. Okay, so it's the external thing. It's the A. It's the result as opposed to, wow, I know you worked really hard to achieve that. And that's focusing the spotlight on the internal, the child's effort, the child's capabilities. Um, so that's that's certainly one thing. The other aspect of praise versus encouragement is it's very hard um, to praise someone when they don't hit the mark, right? When they don't achieve the result, it's hard to praise, but it's not hard to encourage because there's always the the effort that was put in. Um, So that's another differentiator as well. Um, Now is praise bad? I would, and I didn't make this up, I can't remember where I heard it. It it must have been through one of the positive discipline uh, books or trainers, but praise, I I would categorize praise like sweets, right? Like can you never eat sweets? Well, you can decide never to eat sweets, but sweets aren't so bad in moderation and in terms of the ratio of sweets to really nutritious foods that you eat. So if you know you're making 
um, you know, an, an effort to encourage your child in this way and that way, and you're implementing tools and you're making progress and you're really focused on the encouragement is a little bit of praise going to spoil all that? Absolutely not, you know, but it's when, it's when we're sort of first waking up to the difference of this, that it's very important to keep it in mind because we didn't know. I mean, I, I remember when I first learned it too, it was like, oh, it makes that much of a difference how I say it because that's how it's being internalized and interpreted. Oh, okay, now I get it. So I, I would just encourage you to be mindful of how you are articulating things. Are you focusing on the action that is taken or are you evaluating the person taking the action? Are you passing judgment, even if it's a positive judgment, right? Like, oh, good girl, well, that's judgment. That is your approval as opposed to, um, well, I really, I bet that that lady appreciated when you helped her with her groceries and letting the child internalize. Yes, I made the decision to do that. That lady thanked me, whatever it was, and feel their capability as opposed to their need for your approval, if, um, if that helps. So, um, so the internal versus the external, the result versus the effort, and, um, and sort of the being in non-judgment as, uh, as the parent. Okay, I hope you have a terrific rest of your day. Bye for now. So praise is one of the ways that we try to get children to do or keep children doing things as we would like them to be done. Show up how I want you to show up. Do things that I want you to do. Um, a couple more examples of that, just to broaden out the concept, would be if, if it's before the fact, we could use a bribe, right? Well, I want you to do this. So if you're going to um, do this the way I want, then I'll give you something or I'll give you something that you want. Um, so a bribe. Also, um, paying children to do things that we want them to do, that we are convinced are the right way to operate, um, the one way that we think they should operate. Whether that's, you know, I'm paying you to read, I'm paying you to get an A or a good grade, or I'm paying you to do things that really, um, you know, are, are kind of a part of how we just think things should run, but I feel like I have to pay you to do those. Those all fall under, um, convincing our children with something external to either show up in a certain way or to do a certain thing that we think are right. So now we'll turn our attention to the ways that we convince or try to convince our kids to stop doing things that we don't want them to do. Hello, I'm really excited to pop in and just talk a little bit today about, about punishment and parenting styles and really the complete inspiration 
for what I'm going to talk to you today about is Rudolf Dreikers. He was Alfred Adler's first protege and he really took Adler's work and made sure that it got to where it needed to be in the world. So at any rate, he recognized that it used to be that everyone knew what was expected of them, right? We had kings and peasants, we had owners and slaves, we had bosses and workers, and parents and children followed that same kind of a vertical relationship. So everyone knew what was expected. There were traditions that had been passed along generation to generation. There was really no expectation uh, of equality. And I'm not saying that that was right. What I am saying is that that is the way it was for hundreds and hundreds of years in the workplace, at home, kind of everywhere. And then things started to change. Now, Adler uh, passed away in the 1930s. So he did all of his work before uh, before that. Uh, Dreikers passed away in the 1970s and 72. So he, you know, he articulated all these things well before that. So things started to change. They didn't change on a dime, but when husbands, quote, lost power over their wives, let's say, both parents lost power over their children. Now it, it happened over a period of time, but what we can see today is that there's no longer a model in our homes of submission that children can unconsciously take a look at and embrace and embody and live from. And that might be tough news for us as parents. It makes it challenging, but it's actually great news, right? The planet is evolving. So it's awesome. Now, you know, we are closer, um, is what I'll say, to, uh, to having equality. It does not mean uniformity. It does not mean that there's equality all over the place, as we know. But we're much closer than we were 100 years ago, 200 years ago, for sure. So. Uh, what that means, and I know we've we've talked about the parenting pendulum, which is the way that I say, or the way that I convey these ideas. You can imagine a pendulum where it's uh, all the way over to one side, and it's a uh, it's horizontal, and at the top are the parents, and at the bottom are the kids, and then it swings. If it swings all the way over, well, then at the top are the kids, and at the bottom are the parents and that's not what we're looking for here either uh, but when we look at that first part where the parents are on top which is where many of us will default as parents because there were still vestiges of that in our households when we were growing up and i know you know that that was true for me i think it was true for all of us our parents were doing the best they, they could with the tools they had and um we hadn't come as far as a culture and as a planet at that point. So now we're here, it's a different time, and we can see um, whether we look around us or we look back and we look inside of us when we were punished, right? Did we stop the quote bad behavior? Yes, maybe we stopped it, but we stopped it temporarily, 
right? So there's only temporary results from punishment. And when the same punishment has to be, um, has to be instilled or levied or, or um, undertaken time after time after time, we have to kind of ask ourselves like, is this really working? It's kind of obvious that it doesn't work, right? It's, you know, that definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, even though it doesn't work, but you're expecting a different result. So when, uh, when we've seen whether it's in our homes or throughout history and other places, people really trying to impose their will, that does incite rebellion. And you can look at the workplace, right? Like a good leader really inspires and stimulates their team into suitable action, whatever the action is. They don't dictate it. And if they do, if a leader does, dictate and say this is not right and this is not right there's, there's going to be a consequence to that um though their worker is going to leave when they have an opportunity or um they're going to uh they're going to be needing to micromanage because nobody really can uh, can give them what they want so i'm going to leave you with it with an idea about punishment and it's about it's about spanking okay it could be about anything whatever kind of punishment i'm just going to go with corporal right punishment um when we find ourselves provoked quote unquote into spanking or any kind of punishment of a child when we can be honest with ourselves and admit that after we either spank them or punish them yelled at them whatever it was that we've relieved our own feelings, whatever those feelings were, frustration, inadequacy, whatever those feelings are for you. And when we punished or spanked, that we, we kind of have fallen into the child's whole mistaken belief, mistaken goal of behavior. I know I did um, a deep dive podcast on this, the mistaken goals of misbehavior, unraveling our children's misbehavior. But when we do that, we fall into their mistaken goal of how do I need to belong? Well, I must be the bad kid or I must need to struggle for power in order to have significance, whatever it is. We sort of, we sort of took the bait, if you will, um, when we're doing the spanking and when we're doing the punishment, punishing. And, and then the danger is that for many of us, before you know before we progress out of this we will go into guilt like oh i'm such a bad parent i'm not going to do that anymore whatever i'm no good and and that sort of is like our um, uh kind of our 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 payment our penance if you will for the uh, the punishment or the spanking or whatever we did that's not good. If we can admit to ourselves what really happened there and have compassion for ourselves and keep on doing the work to encourage our children, we can, we can move beyond punishment. It is possible. And just two of the big downsides, I mean, I think there's many more, but two of the big downsides to punishment are that they are, um, the rewards, the, um, the effects of punishment are temporary. Okay, so they're very, very temporary 
in, uh, in our class, we do a deep dive on, hey, what are the actual results of punishment? What are the more long-term results of punishment? And it's a great class. It's a great activity. We really feel it and we can go there. Um, but they are temporary, those, uh, those positive effects of punishment. As a parent, you're observing a very temporary result. You don't know what the long-term result yet is for your child. Um, and, and the other thing is that it's an extrinsic um, method, right? Like the child has to be told, they have to look outside themselves for the answer, for the right way, as opposed to some way of like with some guidance, figuring some things out for themselves, whether that guidance is suffering a natural consequence, I'm hungry because I chose not to eat at dinner time, or, uh, or or some other kind of natural consequence or or some very thought-provoking questions that my mom or dad might have asked me like oh what were you what were you hoping to do when you talked to the teacher that way what was on your mind and helping them discover for themselves um, you know what is what feels good for them, what's right for them going forward and, and to feel, feel that and come to their own conclusions, more of an internal. So with that, I'm going to leave you um, on this topic with my two favorite questions to ask ourselves. And we can ask ourselves whether we run a company and we're the leader of a company. We can ask ourselves whether we're the leader of our family as a parent, right? But the questions are, what am I feeding and what am I starving, right? What am I incentivizing? What am I disincentivizing? I like feeding and starving. It's simpler. It works for me. Um, but I'll just leave you with that. And if you have any questions about any of that, I would love to hear from you. So I can hear some parents saying, well, so if I'm not supposed to reward my kid or praise them or even punish them, like, how do I help them, you know, develop the capabilities they need, do the things that they need to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I totally get it. And if you've, even if you've been on this journey for quite some time and you understand the consequences of praise and punishment and you've moved to something else, you might be co-parenting with a partner who is doing a lot of praising or a lot of punishing. They are in a different, um, a different MO and a different mindset. And I absolutely and totally get it. I was there too. I'm, I'm, I'm with you not in the same spot as you, or I wouldn't be able to offer some insights, but I get it, totally get it. And what I'm going to say is that um, there are an awful lot of these episodes and podcasts that you can go back to and listen to. And then also moving forward, the podcast, I'm going to be doing T's take on the tools. And it's going to be, we're going to be doing some fun podcasts with them. I'm going to be um, splitting them up and putting them on my website as well as on YouTube. They're going to be a lot of places so that you can see them and access them in the way that feels good to you when you need them. 
and so we're gonna we're gonna start that up so that you can really um, you can do that dive for yourself and if it's something that you're referring to someone else um, you can you can help them ease in it's not about hey this is totally wrong we got to stop this right now it's you know it's a conversation um, we don't wake up one day and, and decide to have a new habit and, and it's already in place. We start thinking about it and we ease ourselves in and then we make a decision. And some of us can, um, you know, it's the right time to make that decision. Some of us need a little bit more time. So um, compassion for ourselves is super, super important. So have compassion for yourself and your co-parent and those around you. And I, I wish you all a fantastic rest of your day. Look forward to sharing some tools next time. Bye for now. So glad you took the time to listen today. As always, I welcome your questions and feedback. Please send them to me at support at relationalparents.org. Would you like to interact with other like-minded parents? Maybe ask them or me a question about your child? If so, join the growing community of relational parents at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash relational parents.